If we could take this time to connect to God and celebrate, let's do it together. Father, thank you. Thank you for this glorious and beautiful day to come celebrate with you, to come seek you and find you. Father, thank you so very much for who you are in our lives, how you've drawn us, what you, the, the purpose in our life. It's all for you. So, Father, let us learn, let us see in your words how you want us to be. Let us stay healthy and strong and focused on you all because you have so many great things for us. Help us to stay on our path. Help us to stay functioning on you, leaning on you, desperately trusting you. Father, in your holy precious name we pray. Amen. All right. Living like Christ. Who's in? Everybody, you're in? All right. Everybody what? Everybody in. Our new theme for this year is everybody in. And I think this is a super appropriate vision for our church because I feel God blatantly calling us to all sorts of activities that will take us out of our comfort zones and stretch us to boldly reach out and serve more. What are we here for? We are here to honor our Creator by being those conduits of His grace, those bridges and beacons of love and light, to share the passion of hope that we have, to serve with the skills that we have been gifted with, and vital to our walk, guys, to give fully and willingly. Our world may be facing some great challenges in this age, but we know that if we are equipped with the good news of Jesus, then we can advance together the gospel unprecedented way. Well, today, I will try my best to share with you how to represent well and to show everyone that you are in. Now, I have four everybody in type questions about presentation, influence, and perception for you to ponder on today. Are you invested in living out God's plan? That's the first thing we're going to talk about. Are you living in His way? Are you living on God's team? And are you living on His path drawn for you today? So first, do we put everything in Christ? Our plans, our trust, our focus, our future? Well, Ephesians 1, 10-11 says this. It says, and this is the plan. It's pretty blatant, right? At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. I apologize. He chose us in advance, and he makes what? everything work out <laughs> according to his plan. Hallelujah to that. Hallelujah to everything. Now, I've been asked, who is my, who am I like? Well, let's see. Around the holidays, we reminisce about loved ones, both present and gone, right? And I remember a story about my grandparents that helped me realize who I personified. My posse was an educator for 56 years. 
there wasn't one person I knew of from two different counties, from three different generations of people and students that didn't just absolutely love and adore my grandfather. I tried everything I could to emulate his traits, but I often fell short. I actually had an epiphany on my way back to Colorado from his funeral in Kentucky. I started just bawling my eyes out about halfway home, and Jamie asked me if I was missing my posse. Well, yes, I was, but I had another realization that kind of rocked me. <laughs> I thought about who went to all my games, who was always there when I was sick, who always titled me as number one, and who I actually resembled in my attitude and my enthusiasm for life. It was my mozzie, which was great. She's amazing, too. It just reminded me of a very serious question that we need to ask ourselves and keep asking ourselves as we're forced to handle the situations of this world as representatives of Christ. What perceptions do people have of who we belong to and who we are modeling our life around? Do they know? I may not be able to be perfect. Now, Jamie will probably amen that. But I can prioritize and I can strive to be more Christ-like in all my habits. Can't you? Wise people act like they have a fruit-sowing purpose. And wise guys and gals present themselves approved, forgiven, and free. I do that with the students all the time. I go, idiot, forgiven and free. We all know how that can be way harder than it sounds, though, right? An example from the Bible that comes to my mind is found in Acts. There was a man named Saul, later known as Paul, who was a so very successful and appeared to have everything he needed in life. He didn't like the Christians in his area. In his mind, he was right, they were wrong. But he couldn't have been more mistaken. Unfortunately, Saul used his resources and influence to help make large crowds of people very, very angry against the world's first Christians. A great wave of persecution began that day, and all the believers went into hiding. But Paul, whew, I'm sorry, Saul, was relentlessly going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, taking Christians to jail. Like Saul, this is for us. When we look for things we need in the wrong places, or when we think we have what we need, we often hurt ourselves and those around us. But there's good news. I need another, that's right. <laughs> the answer to, the, to purpose, the answer to love, always comes back to God. Would you agree? He is all-powerful loves us unconditionally. We all know that, no matter what. And I will, and He will provide everything we need for a full life. God is always more than enough. Do you believe this today? Yeah. As humans, many times we think that we are right and know what's best for us. But we will only find true happiness, approval, and purpose through God. God's plan is always best for us. Psalms 139.16 is proof that God created us. Right? God created you for a purpose. God created you in His image. How amazing is that? 
What does it even say? It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Romans 8.32 reminds us the second great thing, that God loves us. God created you to have a relationship with him. And because of his great love for you, he will give you what? Everything you need. You guys are catching on where I'm going with this thing. And now what, uh, let me see, what does it say? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? I love that. And also John 15, 16 lets us know that God chose us. How great is that? What does it say? You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Guys, this is such great news. We all know that God is our creator, Jesus is our example, and the Holy Spirit is our helper guide. We know this. So, I want you to try this. I want you to, I want you to think about the strongest being you know, the wisest individual you know, the bravest and impressively the most accomplished person you've ever met. Got that person in your mind? They still would not compare enough to match up to our Lord and Savior and the sacrifice He gave. Now, that's no excuse, though. Not at all. Not to at least try and imitate the attributes Jesus revealed in His earthly walk for us to follow. There is more to your life than you could ever imagine. God created you for a purpose that is a part of a much larger plan than what you could probably see right in front of you. When it comes to the subject of presentation, though, who do you think it would be wise to imitate? Everything in Christ. Say it with me, guys. Everything in Christ. Thank you. Secondly, do we relate to everyone through Christ? How do we react when we present ourselves to others? Are we humble? Positive? Supportive? Encouraging? Not always. Well, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says this, But God is so rich in mercy, that's a gift, and He loved, that's another gift, us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life, yet another gift, when He raised Christ from the dead. Guys, please recognize all three of these gifts and how amazing they are to your existence. Now think, when we hear the words, all in, our hearts go straight to certain people, life events, life huddles, uh, celebrations, maybe favorite belongings. Well, what are they? All in what? Maybe marriage? Uh, finances? Family? Career? Sports? Music? How about being on God's team? How about that? You're on God's team, right? We're all on God's team. Why can't we huddle up right now? You guys have been in a huddle. Everybody put their hand out to somebody. Somebody in your row, put your hand out on somebody else's. Put your hand out. We're going to huddle up right now as God's team. I'm going to say one, two, three, and you're going to say, go, God's team. You guys ready? Everybody ready? Put your hands in. You ready? Here, I'll get over here. There you go. All right, you guys ready? One, two, three, go! God's team! Good job! 
Wow. If it was Jamie, it would be bump, set, spike it. That's the way we like it. Huh. Right? All right. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll catch it afterwards. To tell you the truth, I always get in trouble with Scott. To tell you the truth, being a good teammate very closely resembles the three main celebration aspects of the holidays that we just finish up the year with. There's sacrifice, gratefulness, and giving. Guys, number one is the sacrifice of our Father and what He's, and what he's provided for us. Two is what we do with that, the gratefulness we show for our blessings. And three, this is really important, being a dedicated and beneficial giver. It's exciting to be all in, right? Now, in youth, we play a game outside here called Gaga Ball, and it is an absolute blast. If you get hit from the waist down, you're out, okay? If you get hit from the waist up, you are still in play, and you have the opportunity to dodge to get the person tossing out, right? So little by little, we dwindle down to the last player who becomes the winner. Now, the exciting part is when someone yells, all in, and everybody comes running back to jump in and join in on the next adventure at the start of the next game. Listen. I hope you feel this way. I so desperately wish that we all had that sort of enthusiasm and fervor when God calls us to that precious next step on our journey with Him. Do you? Actually, <laughs> the first thought that came to my mind when I started getting prepared for today was about a time in my life that was so treasurable. It was as a child in my visits to the local pools. If you remember that experience, you can relate those simple and good times to probably any joy in your life. The food was from a concession stand, right? But to us, it was delicious. The mosquitoes and biting flies were the size of blue jays. But that just gave us an excuse to stay in the water a little bit longer. And who needed sunblock? When you had an ant with baby oil. Ooh, ouch. Hurt so good. I'm actually surprised that our bodies today aren't like 75% chlorine water. Are you? No matter. It was the most unforgettable and best of times. But there was one problem that stood in our way of having the times of our lives every waking moment we spent there. Are you guys guessing? Dave, what do you think it was? It was! It was the mandatory breaks that the lifeguards had to take. I could not figure out how they couldn't just rotate to satisfy our every sun-splashed whim. Anyhow, do you have those memories? Do you remember the anticipation of the eager souls that are about to burst because they have not been given the green light to go ahead and jump back in to the refreshing and cool waters of the Caldwell County City Park Pool. Well, maybe y'all probably didn't. Y'all probably didn't swim the same place I did. But what happened when the whistle blew? All heaven broke loose, right? <laughs> it truly did. And all of the, the entire crowd of kiddos 
ran back and jumped back in with a big motion of what? That's exactly it. What did they have again? It was joy. So, what in the world could keep us from feeling that amount of immense joy when God calls on us to grab everyone around us and jump in. Guys, our invitation alone could be seen as an obedient example of our commitment to Christian character, Christian values, Christian principles, Christian a, a Christian lifestyle that we're trying to portray. You know, David Jeremiah has the best quote. Listen, Christian joy is letting Christ live his life out through you so that what he is, you become. I think that is so valuable. And a big reminder about spending that all-in time with his people is to recognize the two most important covenants according to Jesus. One, being determined to love God and being determined to love others. What does 1 Peter 4.11 say? If anyone speaks, that's our job, is to do so with one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, that's our other job, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in, what? All things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Remember what I said at the beginning? We're those conduits. Sharing your relationship with God today should simply be an extension of that second greatest commandment. Guys, the best evangelism today happens when someone explains the gospel to a friend on a relational, conversational basis and invites that friend to put his or her trust in God. Guys, you know what it like. You know what it feels like to belong to God. They may not, so show them. Ephesians 4.12 says this. This is what we're all called to do. To equip his people for works of service so we can work alongside them, right? So that the body of Christ may be built up. Think about it. Isn't this a wonderful challenge of how we devote our time and how we choose to spend it being the church? That was a PA for May 3rd. Um, well, back to Saul. God had another plan of faith over fear. One day, Saul traveled to a town named Damascus to try and hurt more believers. Can you imagine that? But then Saul had an incredible meeting that changed his life in the course of his history forever. A blinding light brought him to his knees, and Jesus spoke from heaven. This is the spark and beginning of a miraculous transformation in Acts 9. Saul obeyed Jesus, and his sight was given back. He spent the next few years growing closer to God and studying Christ's teachings. Saul actually began telling people about the goodness and grace of God. Even as he became a leader in the Christian church, he never forgot how Jesus came uh, to him and changed his life. Do you guys remember that moment? Jesus picked Paul even when he was still doing wrong. Guys, do you understand that? He made him a new person and gave Paul a new purpose. Jesus still wanted Paul at his worst. That reminds me of somebody. Gosh, 
Paul would go on to write the majority of the New Testament letters, which still impacts the world even to this day. And those inspired words of truth reminds us all that we can be accepted in Christ if we just turn our eyes away from the sinful ways of this world and simply trust in Jesus to be our own way. Guys, if you've experienced in your life, that's great, but have you ever witnessed a life changed? It's crazy amazing. Have you ever seen a whole family changed? What a miraculous sight. Uh, Mark Batterson said in his book, Whisper, only God's voice can answer your questions, calm your deepest fears, and fulfill your visions when you pay attention, listen, and learn. That is solid advice about growing for all of us. So, everyone through Christ. Say that with me, guys. Come on. Everyone through Christ. Thank you. Thirdly, how do, people, how do people view us? Is it in every way like Christ? How about our attitude? Our speech? Our team-driven lifestyle? Is that what it is? The Bible teaches that the goal of a Christian life is to become more like Jesus. We know that. But it's for our own personal growth. And also for the sake of others. Well, I, is one of my favorite authors. Author Randy Frazee reveals to us that every believer needs to be reminded daily of what they believe, what they should be doing, and who they are becoming. Do you think about that daily? Who you're becoming? Do you thank God for waking you up this morning? And what He had planned? Well, Ephesians 4.15 says this, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in what? Every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. So, Randy, great guy, along with his fellow author, Robert Nolan, created a book together that gives us clear advice on how to be more like Christ. One, to be like Christ to be like Jesus is to attain his virtues. Now, I mean, to kind of figure out what they are and then model them. Two, to think like Jesus is to have his beliefs, to know him, and to duplicate his way of life. And three, to act like Jesus. Mom ever said that on your way to school? Watch the way you act today. But guys, acting like Jesus takes a lot of discipline and practice. And I mean, wow, a lot of practice. We don't have to practice being bad, do we? Colossians 2, 6-7 backs this up. It says, just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord, that's why I asked if you all remembered that, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. After last year's holiday devotion, several of the youth had asked for another story about Uncle Kevin this year. And the first thought to pop into my mind was an adventure to beat all adventures. It involved the dangerous, 
unsupervised and non-competitive sport of downhill sledding. Which not known by most, it takes way more talent than you could ever imagine. At College of the Ozarks, there was a group of about 30 friends that did a lot of student activities together throughout the year. We did music, and intramural sports, trips, camping on Banana Tree Island, but sledding just so happened to be one of the greatest and most coveted times we ever had. There was this monster hill with about a 40 degree grade to it that was on a road across the street from the Walmart in Branson, Missouri. Whenever we had a huge snowstorm, the snowcats, like we like to call ourselves, would pile into every vehicle, uh, available vehicle, and head out to the Supercenter parking lot. We would take every item you could possibly imagine the sled on to see who could get down the hill with the best run. We had people bring cardboard boxes, and we had people bring traditional sleds, of course, but there were cafeteria trays, washing machine lids, <laughs> uh, several different types of mats, and this one guy even tried using a 55-gallon see-through clear garbage bag to, you know, go down the hill. So he got in it like this, and he kind of waddled over and woo! Yeah. Now, I don't know if I should really reveal the secret identity to this extraordinary daredevil that took this ride on, but let's just... Don't get ahead of me. Let's just say that he went very, very, very fast, and there was absolutely... No snow in my face whatsoever on the way down. Okay, I'll just allow some of you over here to let that sink in for a second. Anyway, anyhow, your Uncle Kevin and I had a grand idea. Watch out. We decided to go to Walmart and get one of those kiddie pools so that both of us could ride down the hillside together in style. Perfect plan, right? First, we went and purchased the kiddie pool, and uh, second, we cut two holes in what we considered the front of the sled. Um, that way, we could have something to hold on to as we uh, raced down the hillside. Now, expecting this unimaginable experience to come, we and the rest of the snow cats were, uh, we, we became really excited. And as we prepared for our epic maiden voyage on our new sledding contraption, we felt like we were set. Okay? So, we got in, and our friends, in one quick and powerful sweep, started pushing us towards infamy. Know this, though. What we did not consider was how we would move with a gripped bottom. The design in the bottom of the pool just dug into the snow like a cleat on a hiking boot. <laughs> Duh. And neither one of us even took one single thought about having the weight of two grown men pushing our new sled right down into the snowbank. So, we went absolutely nowhere. The whole entire trip came to an abrupt stop before it even started. A little disappointed and a little muddled, we gave up. But, here's the light. The excitement of the night came back to us when a close friend gave us an unbelievable picture. We had posed with our faces and our bodies imitating two buddies hanging on for dear life. Look, the adventure was there. We just couldn't see it yet. Look, it had a, in the picture, it looks like we're blistering down this hillside. 
the, 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 the what? The, the lights are blurred and the, the snow is flowing. It looks like we're crazily flying, right? We weren't. We were dead still. I appreciate the laughter. It brings joy to my heart. And I have to ask a question now. So how about you and your walk today? Are you like this picture? To everyone else, it looks like you're moving. But in reality, you're just sitting still. Sometimes people in situations aren't exactly what they may seem to be. We know that. As believers want to present ourselves approved and to model the truth so that others will never have any form of doubt whatsoever who we truly represent. So I have to ask these questions. How do people see you? Do you know? How do they see you in your reactions, your, which are important, your speech, which is so important, and your attitude? How do people see you in public? Who should you obviously desire to look like to others? Whose attributes are so important? They're important enough to portray, important enough to reveal, important enough to exemplify, important enough to show. Guys, this is the provident prayer request that we all, me included, need to request of God for 2023 and beyond. Who do you want us to be, Lord? Because that's what we want. There are so many samples all over the Bible about how we are to present ourselves or, or what we are supposed to look like. 1 Samuel 16, 7. It's a great one. Matthew 6, 1. Romans 12, 2. One of my favorite bold examples comes from the whole first chapter of James. But today, I felt it was appropriate to share a passage with you from 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to what? Present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word. Again, about Paul and his efforts to set a biblical standard. It didn't take long after his decision to follow Jesus that he was traveling to cities and sharing the gospel of Christ and helping to build churches. He, along with Peter and James, did a great job at leading the church. The believers then paid attention to every sermon the apostles preached and every letter they wrote because Paul reminded the, the disciples that the goal was to become more like Christ. Something we should know today. And in, in Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, it says this. I love these words. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, not just while you're at church, not just while you're, uh, you know, with your family, you know, but at school, at work, at Walmart, as you're driving down the road, everything you do, because you are his dear children. You guys are representing. Don't forget that. Live a life filled with love. Obviously sharing that gift we talked about earlier. Following the example of Christ. Knowing what we should do. He 
loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma of God. Okay, now, Paul wanted the believers to what? He wanted them to understand who Jesus was and the great things he wanted to do through them. As, we, as, they, as they knew Jesus more, then they would want to become more like him. Do we go into our everyday like that? Hey, I want to know you more, God. I want to be more like you, God. They did. Why can't we? So Paul knew that the believers needed to be rooted in God's word and closely connected to him daily through prayer. So as I just asked that question, I just gave you the answer. I just asked you if you need what you need. And now you know how. Stay connected. Stay in prayer. Because don't we as well? This wasn't written just for them. It was written for us. He taught that followers of Christ have a higher calling, which means living the way Jesus taught and being consistent in following God every single day. So in Ephesians 4.24, it says this, Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We have God's honest words right here. They're available. We have His Holy Spirit to be our helper and guide. He's available. We have His Son to be a bright example. He's available. And we have each other as His church, His body, for support. Are you available? All of those things help us to be and keep us in every way growing more like Christ. It looks like how I did among Jesus and his disciples. Communicating the gospel, caring about God's people, and living the way Jesus did. Evangelism is not just a one-time event or just a quick conversation. How we live and how we relate to others deeply matters. You know this. This is what Jesus did. Jesus said to those who would become his disciples, hey, come follow me. And at some point, people came to faith in him. Jesus told us to make disciples, not just converts. So we need to share the gospel openly with people. But we also need to be clear to talk about, model, and show people what Jesus was about and how he changes lives here and now. In the book, Play the Man, I was reminded of who I was created to be. The author, Mark, kept reminding me of the good truth that I already have what it takes to refocus and reach my God-given calling. So, in every way like Christ. Say it with me, guys. Every way like Christ. Thank you. Lastly, do you intentionally spend every day with Christ. I don't know, in order to be strong in your faith, bold on your path, ready for your mission, all of this takes this. You need to be prepared and have the right equipment, like prayers and studies and life groups and devotionals and church involvement. I'm sorry, did I say that one? I'm 
That is super important. So super important, right? Guys, Ephesians 6.13 says this. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Man, I want that. It's like going up to the plate for your turn to bat. Come on, guys. You would not get close to the batter's box without your helmet and your bat and your batting glove. You wouldn't even go up there without a couple thousand practice swings preparing you for what's to come. Right? So, swing away. Make an impact. And trust the coach to get you through all the lessons to be learned around the bases of life. Don't look so surprised. You all knew I'd throw in a baseball analogy. Come on. All in, team. It makes me think about God's open-handedness and Him providing everything we could possibly need to accomplish what He has in store for us. Providing us with the skills to be presentable in a crowd full of spectators. I'm pointing outside if y'all not getting it. A witness for everyone to see. Wait a second. What did it mention to us in Acts 22.15? If you will be a, what? Witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. This isn't like a request. He's not saying, hey, you know, if you want to do this. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard, good or bad. Another reminder about our provisions. We know that God has blessed us all differently. And we all have unique and different abilities. But our calling and our efforts should always remain focused on the same goal, to honor, glorify, and serve God in the advancement of His kingdom. We should always strive to express our motivation and express our unity in Christ in all of our relationships. Never think that there is nothing you can do within the body of Christ. I figured since I was using every, 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 Told not to say every. I figured I'd use some nevers and nevers as well. Okay. So just thought I'd throw them in there. Never and nothing. Um, there has to be a way to do that. Never think that you there is nothing you can do within the body of Christ. And there is. There's a way to do that. It's simple. Engage to grow. Equip to learn. And empower to share. There has to be some room on that paper to write this. Come on, I'll say it again. Engage to grow. Equip to learn. And empower to share. Have you ever heard the wise expression, teamwork divides the task and multiplies the success? So again, all in team. Now, that's where tools like devotionals come into play. But how many times a day do we say words like, all right, I got to go. Or, oh, I don't have enough time now. Or, oh, snap. I'll just have to get to this when I have a moment. Think about a simple task like brushing your teeth. 
What do they recommend? Brush for about three minutes, twice a day. Make sure you rinse and floss. What's bad about bringing up this process is that we are aware of our hectic schedules. And sadly, we might be spending more time on our dental care than we are our spiritual care. Are our devotions shorter in length than brushing our teeth? Come on, guys. Both are important, and both will eventually hurt our relationships if we forget and skip the maintenance. Let that sink in about what we are supposed to do with our time and how important it is to share. I used to be a corporate trainer, and I did this exercise with uh, new employees of every age to relate to them how much time we wasted throughout the week. I proved over two dozen times that we spent an average of about 17 to 19 hours a week doing absolutely nothing productive. So first off, stop staring at the wall with wasted time. But first off, you never know how much of this precious commodity you may have allotted on this earth. And secondly, please remember that it's not always about the time you give. shows people your service. Now, I only have a handful of unity-defining questions to finish up with. So leaving you with this, I just, I just want you to think about these things. How connected do you feel when you don't spend very much time with the one who created you in loving kindness? Think about this. What do you constantly need to lean on God for? And lastly, what should you ask for when you try to spend every moment with Christ? I'm only asking because I am super confident that God will always provide for and protect His holy, His obedient, His faithful, His righteous. Now, our example in Paul ends knowing that he took full advantage of of God's protection and instruction and guidance available to stay on mission. And Ephesians 6, uh, 13 through 17 actually says it all, but that's a whole other lesson. So listen, when you choose to follow Jesus, you choose a life of faith, and faith involves risk. You may risk being made fun of or being left out or embarrassed or maybe even giving in and doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable and many other possibilities of failure, but please realize this truth today. A risk for God always pays off. Amen? Face those dangers and struggles and pitfalls of this world with the good advice from Ephesians 6 and put his armor on. Guys, I commission you to let people clearly see you be that Christ-centered kingdom-minded, obedience-driven, Bible-based, church-focused, faith-inspired, spirit-nurturing, fellowship-oriented, volunteer-adaptive image of faith. Let people clearly see you be that image of faith. Take every step of your path in every day with Christ. Say it with me one last time. Every day with Christ. Who wants to live like Jesus? Who 
losing. 